Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna will feature another spotlight on cardiac athletes. The term cardiac athlete is registered by Lars Andrews, who put together a book called Cardiac Athletes. Lars was a guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. Today, we'll meet cardiac athlete Ed Rucci. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Ed. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm so honored to have you on the program today. Can you tell us about your cardiac condition, Ed? Sure. I have been an athlete my entire life. I've been a competitive triathlete for over 30 years. I'm 55 years of age. And last year, unfortunately, had a heart attack while on a training ride and had to have a stent put in and have been a little over a year post-recovery and things are doing really, really, really well. I can't believe that you were a triathlete and that you had a heart attack because triathletes do an awful lot of aerobic exercise and you would think that your heart is in the best condition possible. So do they know what caused the heart attack? No, we don't. And to complicate it, while in the hospital, I had multiple cardiologists come and visit and I have no family history. My family sees their 95th birthday They've all been athletic. I don't eat red meat. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I have a relatively stress-free life. And so this heart attack really defied explanation. Wow. That seems really surprising. So was the heart attack caused by plaque in your coronary arteries or do they even know? Really don't know. Yes, there was plaque. I was 100% occluded or blocked in the RCA. And there had been signs leading up to it as a, as most triathletes will keep a, a journal of their workouts. And I could see that my swims and my bikes and my runs for the last 60 days prior to the event were way off. And I went into my general practitioner and asked for a physical and everything tested out fine. So uh, I told my wife that morning I was going to snap the the cranks off the bicycle and break through this barrier. And unfortunately, that's when uh, I had the attack uh, while I'm out on the ride. Oh, my goodness. So you had the heart attack while you were on your bicycle? Yes, I was a typical early Saturday morning, push off very early. Unfortunately, I go on some pretty remote roads. And even more unfortunately, I never used to carry a phone. And so as dumb luck would have it, while the heart attack occurred, there were a couple of guys taking an early morning walk across the street. And I was able to get over to them and they knew instantly what to do. And the ambulance came and scooped me up probably within five to seven minutes. And the stent was put in and everything 
progressed accordingly. Wow. So you had two angels by your side. Sure did. And it's typical to be on a very remote road. But in this instance, where it happened was on something a little bit more traveled. And it was pretty unique. I mean, there was no question it was going on. I knew I was having one, even though I'd never really had one before. But, you know, there was no air going in. It was really, really difficult to breathe. And, you know, these guys were really, really great to me. They sat with me and they assured me that everything was okay. And everyone from the ambulance personnel into the docs and the nurses uh, were a plus plus. They couldn't have been better. So what signs did you have that let you know, aside from the shortness of breath, that there was something wrong? I couldn't feel my arms and my legs. So everything wow. went numb. Yeah, everything went numb. It felt like a big flush. I felt it go. I mean, there was no question. It just felt like a giant balloon burst and everything went numb and dizzy, couldn't breathe. And, you know, the immediately had to get off the bicycle because I couldn't even really turn. turn. I was on an uphill when it happened and I couldn't turn the bicycle pedals. Oh, my gosh, that sounds terrifying. It wasn't fun. And I tell you, it happened so quick and everybody was just so helpful that uh, it really, really lessened the fear. Well, that's good. And it sounds to me like now you don't travel without your cell phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that nor an ID bracelet. And also a note saying where I'm going to be riding, where I'm going to be running and where I'm going swimming. So oh. um, yeah, there's no getaways into the back roads without a buddy or if I'm going to be alone, I stay more on the main roads. Yeah, I think the buddy is a really good idea, Ed. As a mom, I'm going to say you should always have a buddy. <laughs> I agree. The unfortunate thing is my buddies are too fast and too strong, and I'd like them to lighten up a little bit. So sometimes it's helpful <laughs> to just go out on my own and just enjoy it instead of a suffer fest. Yeah, I hear you. And so that happened to you a year ago. In July of 2016, yes. And so talk to me a little bit about what your cardiac rehab was like. That was the initial stage. The first few months, it was painless. Really? Yeah. It was almost like the heart attack was a non-event because the following Saturday, I was back on the bicycle riding a cardiologist approved very, very low heart rate workout. And I went out and rode for about 45 minutes on some flat ground and just enjoyed being out and resumed biking, running, swimming. And everything was fine for those first four months. And it was after that, the gremlins and the demons started to come in. And that's when it got to be a little bit more interesting as far as the recovery. So if you were swimming and not having any problems, I have to believe they didn't have to crack your chest. They were able to put the stent in transcatheter? Correct. Through the wrist. And really, you know, it was way through the whole thing. They talked wow. me through everything. Yeah, they were just fabulous. You know, uh, first thing Saturday morning and the bedside manner and the calming just really, really took all the big fear out of it. And like I said, the recovery was nothing because my cardiologist just said that, you know, doing the traditional cardiac rehab wasn't necessary, that it right. would have been too fundamental mm -hmm. and that I was okay to just uh, resume, low, you know, under 120 beats per minute workouts, nothing strenuous, and just listen to your body and just play it by ear. Wow, that's pretty amazing. But I bet your doctor doesn't often see somebody who's in as good a shape as you were as a triathlete. Well, you know, having now done a little bit more reading on this, we're finding it's a little bit more common than we would all like to admit.
Really? Yes, as far as some, and I'm not a, an Ironman. I don't do the long course. I've done a few half irons, but I'm mostly an Olympic or a sprint distance or uh, an off-road triathlete. So I don't put in the 20 to 25 hours of training that the big boys and the big girls do. But there's been some published reports stating that possibly too much of that aerobic activity is not as healthy for us as we think. And there are more incidences coming out that show aggressive athletes really, really training really, really hard are now seeing more signs of, of heart disease later in life. Wow. I had not heard of that research. So that's pretty amazing. Well, and you know, it's the internet, right? So you can find anything you want. Um, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. And there's nothing worse than an insomniac at 2.30 in the morning on Google. <laughs> guilty of that too, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we all, you know, to go searching into the dark stuff sometimes, but I mean, it's, you know, constantly trying to search for why, why did this happen? We're searching and looking at a couple of things. One, I mentioned that I don't drink, don't smoke, don't eat red meat, a very he heavily plant-based diet more towards the Mediterranean, but there was a very, very healthy sweet tooth. And wow. so now you have aerobic athlete that is now consuming their body weight in brownies, cookies, and pies because <laughs> they because they went out and you know celebrated earlier with you know a, a real strong sixty mile bike ride, and you could justify it. So if I had to point a finger at the issue, I would say that excessive sugar consumption led to inflammation, led to plaque, led to something breaking off, clogging, and causing the event. Wow. Well, I am. I'm so impressed that you did all of that research and that you were open enough to your own foibles that you could point to what you think might be the problem. So I'm guessing that you've adjusted your diet accordingly. Heavily. So again, chocolate was one of my major food groups, and that has really gone to the wayside. As I mentioned earlier, there was the first four months was pretty easy recovery. It was months five through, I want to say, 11 or 12 that really proved to be a challenge because what with this uh, medication that I was taking daily, a very, very heavy case of GERD and oh. indigestion came on and there was a heavy adjustment to the medications that I wasn't used to taking. I wasn't an Advil taker. I wasn't, you know, really anything. And now I was on a, a daily regimen of six or seven pills every day. And it was a real, real tough adjustment mentally and physically. Right, right. Wow. But it sounds to me like you're back. Yes, in full swing. So credit a couple of my training buddies that earlier this summer, they just pretty much just uh, had had enough of the whining and the sniveling and just said, let's go. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's get back out and let's do a couple of aggressive rides. And it was exactly what the doctor ordered. So we did some really, really tough swims and some tough bikes. And, you know, I was able to see the heart rate really get up there and stay up there and able to sustain the effort. So with uh, an ounce of confidence, Confidence came a pound of confidence. And now I'd say the confidence is about 90% there and have, have raced a couple of times and, and back with my buddies and really, really enjoying, you know, being active six days a week. I think those buddies deserve a shout out if you if you're willing to share their names. Oh, I, I can't I can't thank uh, Kevin Ash and uh, Bill Doyle enough. I mean, these guys have just made it fun and they kept it interesting. And I'll throw one in uh, for Matt Smith as well. These guys just, I owe them a giant pizza next time uh, we get out. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. So tell me what being a cardiac athlete means to you, Ed. That's an interesting question, Anna. It's something I don't um, advertise. I didn't uh, spray it all over Facebook. I don't like to bring it up when I'm with a new group of riders or runners or swimmers, but it's very important to my psyche each day is to know that that event is behind me and that I'm back in the game and able to compete at the level. I'm not still at the level I want to be at, but trending in the right direction. So it's really a belief now now that the event caused a major shift in nutrition and got rid of the that heavy sweet tooth and so now i like to think that you know everything's really better than it was you know 2 3 years ago and now i'm on the road to being able to enjoy being very very athletic you know well in my 60s 70s and 80s the most common theme that i hear is why she always needed a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it helped me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Eben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. So it sounds to me like being a cardiac athlete has meant a period of enlightenment for you. Very much, because for those 5 to 12 months where it wasn't going well, uh, I really, really had an appreciation for how much I enjoy being active, and it wasn't there, and the confidence wasn't there, so I wasn't racing, I wasn't training as hard as I would have liked, and now there's a newfound appreciation and for being able to get out each day and really, really enjoy it. I love it. I love it. And it sounds like you're living life to the fullest. Oh, completely agree. Yes. There's a lot of time to make sure that I hate to see it sound so syrupy, but a lot of mindfulness went into all of this. Part of the neck up recovery was mindfulness and making sure that while out on a bike ride to really, really take in how good that wind feels, how good that sunshine feels, how much the dog is enjoying being out with me on runs and swims, just being out with friends, being able to, you know, come back from a run and feel really, really good. The mindfulness has been great from the neck up. I love it. That's so great. (laughs) Well, will you be taking part in Lars's new book? I haven't offered a chapter yet, but I I would like to reach out to him and see if that's something that I can contribute. 
Well, it sounds to me like you have an excellent story, and I just am so happy that you came on Heart to Heart with Anna today. Uh, Anna, I appreciate you inviting me, and I've really, really enjoyed talking with you. Well, thanks, Ed. It's been fun. Take care, Anna. Well, thank you, and thanks for listening today, friends. Please come back next week when we'll feature another cardiac athlete. And until then, my friends, remember, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 